Happy Wednesday here on uh, Talk Radio AM 640. Another week, another hour of the employment hour. The number 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to ask some questions about severance. If you have a severance in package in front of you, you wonder what you should do. If there's one coming down the pike or you got a buddy or a friend or family member who's under that situation, yeah, we answer all questions over the next hour. And outside of showtime, I want to make sure you got the number to get a hold of Lior. It is 416-216-5900 and simply Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com for email, which we'll get to a few of those uh, during this hour as well. We always start, brother, with the week that was. Some interesting cases that came across your desk. Yeah, that's right, John, and uh, happy to be back here. Always a pleasure to be on uh, AM640 to talk about employment law. So if you've ever wondered about your workplace rights or maybe your friend is in a, a bind, tell them to pick up the phone. Tell us the cost right now. We're taking on all comers and all questions. So I'd like to start off with the week that was, talking about a couple of matters that I saw this week where I think uh, our listeners are going to are going to find something interesting and there's an important lesson to be learned. The first situation I'll tell you about, uh, John, uh, involved an individual that had called me after he was let go having worked for six years. Now, he was a salesperson and the company decided to cut costs and effectively they let uh, two people go out of 10. So they went from having 10 salespeople to having eight salespeople. Uh, He was let go and he called me and asked him, okay, well, you were let go. Uh, What kind of uh, severance did they offer you? And he said, well, no, I wasn't offered any severance whatsoever. Well, that was strange because a lot of people call me and they're, they're offered completely inadequate severance, but this gentleman was off, offered nothing. So I asked him, well, why? He said, well, I'm an independent contractor. And they said, well, as an independent contractor, I don't get any severance. So I asked him some questions and I found out a few things that are interesting. First of all, he worked exclusively for this company for six years. Uh, he was a full-time uh, individual. He worked their full-time, regular, consistent hours. He worked only for them. He had business cards uh, with his name on them. So guess what, John? He's, He's an employee. He is an employee. You bet. Absolutely. Even though for six years he referred to himself as an independent contractor, the company referred to him as an independent contractor. He was taxed as an independent contractor, but none of that matters. If you look like an employee and you act like an employee, you're an employee, which means for him that he gets severance just like an employee. And after six years for him, that's about eight, nine months pay that he'd be owed. Uh, and, and a very, very important distinction. So our listeners have to understand that just because you may consider yourself to be an independent contractor and then you, you, you've been thinking that you are, doesn't really matter. The law doesn't really care what you call yourself or what someone else calls you. It's a question of substance over form. If you perform the functions of an employee and you look like an employee and you work exclusively, etc., you're an employee, and if that employment relationship is terminated, you're entitled to severance, even though someone may think you're, you're not entitled. So very important. And I can't tell you how many people are in exactly that situation, John, yeah. where they say, well, you know, look at this document that says independent contractor. It doesn't matter. Uh, the second situation I'll tell you about, uh, again, another interesting one. Uh, I spoke with a lady uh, earlier in the week uh, on Monday that uh, had worked uh, in an office in an admin position for about five years. Uh, and her employer came to her uh, a couple of weeks ago and said, well, here's a new employment agreement. We need you to sign this employment agreement. She had to work for almost five years and had never signed an employment agreement back when she was hired. Wow. Uh, okay. So uh, all of a sudden, the employer came to, to her with this agreement. It was a seven-page document. And they said, you have to sign it. Everyone's going to sign it. And if you don't sign it, I guess you want to resign. So she sent me the agreement, and I, I took a look at it. And for the most part, there was nothing in it of any importance except 
there was a term in the agreement that tried to limit her future severance significantly. So there was a term in that agreement that effectively said, if we let you go down the road, we we're only going to pay you your minimum entitlements on termination. Now, why was that bad? It was bad because having, if she signed that agreement and then she was let go, she'd only be entitled to five weeks' pay. If she did not sign the agreement and was let go, she would have been entitled to probably about seven or eight months' wow. pay. A huge, what a difference. huge, huge difference. So I told her, number one, you shouldn't be signing this. This is a very bad agreement. At some point, this agreement is going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars, number one. But what about this resignation? Does she have to sign it? Absolutely not. By not signing an employment agreement uh, in this situation, she's not resigned. It's not even misconduct. She doesn't have to. If the employer wants to let her go for not signing, they can, but that is a termination without cause, which means they're going to have to pay her that seven or eight months severance that they owe her. So uh, I told her, do not sign. You're better off not signing because if you sign and a month later you're let go, you just lost tens of thousands of dollars. So if an employer comes to an employee during the course of employment, wants them to sign a contract of employment or a new employment agreement, there's a reason for that. And it's not to provide the employee with better terms than what they had before. It's to provide them with worse terms or to limit their entitlements. So be very weary and very concerned if you're asked to sign an employment agreement during the course of employment. But if you've already started working or if you've been working for some time and they come with a new uh, employment agreement, A, does it even hold water? And B, do they not have to give you something for signing if you choose to? I'm so proud, John. Clearly, you've been listening all these years. Thanks, we've been Dad. The show. Oh, <laughs> no problem, son. <laughs> so, uh, yes, th- that's an excellent point. For an employment agreement to be enforceable, there has to be some value given to the employee. So if you're already working and then you sign an employment agreement, well, you're not getting anything because you already have the job. So for the agreement to be legally enforceable, the person that's already employed should be given something. A signing bonus, a pay increase, a promotion, anything of value. So that employer obviously was not very wise. They worked so hard to draft an agreement and and threaten someone to sign it, where even if she (laughs) signed it, it may well not have been enforceable. Absolutely. Pardon me. We'll take a short break. Your uh, phone call is 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell and LeorenEmploymentHour.com. Outside of show hours anytime, of course, 416-216-5900. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio. AM640. Yeah, you can email Lior as well. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a couple of those emails later on in the show. As always, phone calls are our top concern. Got to Joey in Scarborough. Good evening, Joey. How are you? Hey, good morning. Or good evening, gentlemen. How you doing? That's all the same. It's dark out again, so you never know what time it is this time of year. You got a question <laughs> yeah, for Lior? Yeah, I got a quick question, Lior. I, uh, I worked for a gentleman, uh, and he had, uh, he had like, I guess two companies, I guess you could call it. And he, I guess, told us employees that he was shutting down the, the one company. So he was transferring us over to his other company and we all had to restart probation and sign, um, sign like an employee contract yep. and all that stuff. I was just wondering if like, if for like for next time, because I have already did all that stuff, like for next time, should I wor- worry about stuff like that? So, uh, Joey, did you get severance from the first company? No, I didn't okay. get severance from the first company because I thought because it's the same owner. Right. That, you know, I guess he somehow he was able to we just transfer over to his other company. So, so here's the good news. In the eyes of the law, nothing actually has happened here. In the eyes of the law, your employment has simply continued. 
So there's no break in service. You're not a new employee, regardless of what you sign. So that's a good thing, which means that let's say, I don't know, a year from now, he lets you go then your full service counts, including the service with the previous company. This is uh, whatever restructuring he's done does not extinguish your legal rights, does not extinguish your uh, previous employment. So because of that, uh, Joey, uh, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't give up anything, and you have full entitlements under the law, uh, and probably the, the agreement that you signed may actually not be enforceable and may not uh, uh, limit you in any way. So the best advice I'll give you is can do your job best you can, if at some point down the road your employment is terminated, he, he has to let you go for whatever reason, give me a call and let, we'll make sure that you get full severance because your past service will count. How long have you been there, Joey? Uh, about six years. And, okay. So now you're a six-year employee, right. even though you're technically speaking, quote-unquote, you just started, I guess, with this company. You're really a six-year employee. So right off the bat, you, you have significant uh, severance entitlements if at some point he lets you go. Now, uh, just a quick question before sure. I let you go. So... Now, let's say he would lay me off, uh, like I'm an electrician. So yeah. let's say he, he says, oh, I don't have work, uh, so I lay you off. Now, that, am I entitled to severance if he ever lays me off, or do I just collect unemployment? No, as I said, you're absolutely entitled to severance. And how old are you, Joey, approximately? Uh, I'm 33. So you'll be entitled to right around six months' pay. So let's say tomorrow you're a six-year um, uh, employee. If he wants to let you go, he'd have to pay you six months' pay. Oh, well, okay. So that's significant. Okay. And if he doesn't do that, if that ever happens, you know who to call. You call me, and I'll help you. And if we have time uh, with phone calls and some other stuff, we're going to talk about temporary layoffs and the uh, absolutely, you know, the mystery that they are. We'll get to uh, Lou here in Whippy. Good evening, Lou. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, Pally. What's up? Hey, I'm another electrician here, by the way. I used to do uh, similar, um, uh, similar, similar things with the previous caller. I worked for a company for about four and a half years, and this goes back about three years ago. They let me go. Uh, apparently the company was going to turn union, so I didn't agree with that. So what they did is they, they kind of let me go. Sorry, Lou, we don't have any more work. Bye-bye. Uh, so that was it. Was I, and I was a subcontractor for the company. Now, w- was that before they became union, they let you go, or after? Before they became union. So, uh, yes, you would have been entitled to severance. Of course you would have. How long ago was that, Lou? Uh, this was done about three years ago. I was uh, I was let go about three years ago. So you know the, the the bad news, unfortunately, though, is that because it's been three years, uh, there's nothing we could do now. There's a two year limitation period. But but you know it's a very important lesson to understand there for for, for you and for everyone listening today that yeah, even though you may be called a subcontractor, you may absolutely be entitled to severance. And in this case, yes, you would have been entitled to severance. They, they did not have the legal right to let you go without compensation. Uh, and remember, there's this two-year limitation period. What would have happened if it was just inside the door becoming a union shop? Well, it, 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 timing is everything. If, right. if they already became union and the next day he's let go, then it's the union only that can help him. His entitlements are going to be significantly limited, and what he can do is going to be very limited. If Good. it was before, then he has full rights. I'll take one more before we uh, take a short break. Got uh, Kyle and Barry. Good evening. Yeah, hi there. Uh, my wife came home with some bad news about two weeks ago. They had a shareholders meeting their annual shareholders meeting, and they may be going bankrupt. She'll find out in a couple of weeks. And uh, we looked online, and uh, it was looking like she's owed eight weeks holidays. And if she gets uh, fired because of bankruptcy, I think she'll only get eight weeks severance. Uh, um, That's what we found out online. So really, she's not getting any severance. She's just getting her holiday. Yeah, no, uh, and Kyle, you're absolutely right. Probably one of the worst things that can happen for a company, and certainly for the company's employees, 
is if the company goes bankrupt. Because at that point, that means that any money that they have or coming in is already spoken for that's owed to the banks or other secure creditors. creditors. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, so she's going to get pennies on the dollar, if anything. Uh, whereas someone, someone in her situation, after all these years she's worked in a regular uh, situation when her job is terminated, could get as much as two years pay, 24 months. In this now, case, quickly, quickly, she's on partial benefits. She works three days a week and two days is benefits. And and 26 years? Yeah, well, for the last 20 anyway, so. Yeah, well, after all these years, she probably would be entitled anywhere from 20 to 24 months pay based on her average earnings. But in a, if the company does indeed go bankrupt, so rather than just shut their doors, if it's a formal bankruptcy, uh, you, you're right. It's bad news for her and her colleagues. They may not get anything or may get a, a, a small fraction of what they're owed. That's probably the worst thing that can happen. Anything she can do to head it off? No. No, there's She's really nothing. Right? She is powerless. It, it's, all, every other creditor is going to be in the same boat, kind of left holding the bag. 416-870-6400-640 on sales. The number you want to give us a call during the break. We'd love to talk to you at Lior at employmenthour.com for email. And any time outside of the show, ours is 416 216 5900. The Employment Hour continues. Talk Radio AM 640. You can also email Lior, Lior, L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com. We'll see if we have time to get to a couple of those email questions. As always, we go to the phones. We'd like to hear from you. Answer your questions. Paul in Brampton. Good evening. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, how's it going? Good, pal. What's going on? Good. Well, I just had a question for uh, Lior about uh, my employer basically wanting me to sign a performance improvement plan. And uh, what do you thought about those? So, uh, you know, those usually are a step in a process. And what I mean by that is oftentimes an employer uh, uses a performance improvement plan when they're trying to maybe build the case to see if they can push an employee out. Now, the thing about a performance improvement plan, the question always becomes, should I sign it or should I not? I, I don't have a problem with you signing it. Usually it's just an acknowledgement that you've received it. It's not necessarily that you agree with it. Uh, so, so I don't have a problem with you signing it. What I think you should do in that situation is if there's things in that performance improvement plan or some allegations made against you that you don't agree with, then you need to put your position on the record. You can't just be deemed to have been quiet or accepted it. So I'd want you to send an email or provide a letter to your employer outlining exactly your side of the story, what you feel actually happened or did not happen, uh, and, and put that on the record. They don't have to agree with it, but just by you putting it on the record, you're better off. If at some point down the road they want to let you go and they try to say, well, we have cause, so we're not going to compensate you, we're not going to pay you any severance, that's likely going to be a wrongful dismissal, and you probably would want to call me. Uh, but for now, I think you can sign it, but put your position in writing. He's got to have a rebuttal. Yeah, you should. You really can't be considered as uh, as accepting it. Does that answer the question, Paul? Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, just another question from uh, your other caller. He had uh, I've been working with this company for about ten years, and after the fourth year, it was it was sold to a different owner, and the, it kind of just carried on. Uh, would I be entitled to severance beyond from those four years prior to that? Or so, so you worked for a company, and then the company sold, and he continues working. Yeah, exactly. It's just a different owner. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, the, uh, in the sale of a business like that, the service carries on. So if you're working for one company, business is sold, and you continue working with the buyer, then your service carries on. And when your employment is terminated, if it is, you're entitled to full severance, recognizing your past service. Very important question. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate the call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Let's talk about this. Uh, tonight, we'll, uh, we'll focus on this uh, now. Top situations where you are probably owed much much more severance than you realize. Short service employees. Yeah, that's that's one of them. And there are situations when one would expect to get maybe 
no severance or little severance, where in fact the opposite is true. So one of them is short service employees. One may think, well, you know, I worked for a company for six months or a year, so maybe I don't get severance, or if I do, I get a week's pay or, or something very, very small and minuscule. Well, the opposite is in fact true. Uh, short service employees, employees with five-year seniority or less, are treated disproportionately better from severance standpoint than long service employee. So you may actually have an employee that's worked for a few months, depending on their age and their position. Mm -hmm. After a few months, if they're let go, they could be owed a few months severance. So you could work for a few months and get a few months severance. Why? In, well, because the law assumes just because you work for a short period of time doesn't mean it's going to take you less time to find another job. In fact, it could take you longer. There are even situations, John, with someone, uh, the, the length of uh, severance that someone gets is greater than the length of employment. Maybe you work for four months or five months in a senior position, and you could be owed six months severance. So the rule here is this. If you are a short service employee, please don't assume that you don't get severance or you get minimal severance. Give me a call. Use the severance calculator. Find out for real. More of those coming up. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Neil in Mississauga, good evening. Hi. Um, yeah, I was just uh, trying to find out uh, what I should do with regards to a situation where I had a uh, employer pull uh, an offer at the last minute the week before I was uh, starting. And uh, before that, they actually had me resign from my previous company. Wow. So they told you, okay, we're going to hire you. You say, great, so I'm going to resign. They knew you were going to resign. And then yeah. just a few days before you were about to start, they pulled the offer off the table. Right. Now, did they give you a reason as to why they did that? He said I didn't tell them something on on the um, interview that I should have told them. Uh, do you know what it is, or did they tell you what it was? It, it, just about past employment history. Okay. Well, again, depending on what that is, if it's something key that's important uh, that went into deciding whether you're, you're the right candidate, they may have a good reason because, well, we thought that this was true, and it turns out that this is wrong, and that's important, so it's not our fault. If it's something minuscule, if it's something irrelevant, then no, they cannot do that. And the key here is that you walked away from another job. It's a misrepresentation telling you, I'm going to hire you, so go ahead and quit. You do that, and then they don't hire you. So you, they may owe you compensation, and it could be significant, depending on the other job you had, how much you were earning, and, and, and how long you worked there. So really this comes down, Neil, to whether or not the, this thing you didn't tell them uh, is a significant thing. So what I'm going to say is give me a call off air. Let me talk okay. to you. Let me find out more information about what actually happened so I can advise you whether you're owed compensation. That number is 416-216-5900, by the way, to get a hold of Lior. So if he worked for that company where he was induced away for 10 years and they're at fault for this, do they owe him? Is his severance based on 10 years? Potentially his losses is that. So he could potentially be owed uh, a year's pay because that's the severance he would have gotten from that other company. So it's a significant amount, but I really want to know why it was. I mean, it seems strange that all of a sudden one day they'll decide not to hire him. So I want to see what it is that they're saying he didn't tell them. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. More of the Employment Hour coming up right here on Talk Radio. AM 640, 736 on your Wednesday night. You want to give us a call? We'd love to hear from you. 870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior's number when the show is over anytime is 416-216-5900. We were talking before a couple phone calls there about the top situations when you are probably owed much more severance than you realize. And uh, one we just had a call there before the break, recruited from another job. Yeah, so, you know, the, the, law, the law provides for enhanced severance 
for those individuals that are working uh, happily and securely in a position, they're recruited from the job only to be terminated you know, some point later. So if you've been recruited from another job and then let go, uh, then you're owed enhanced severance, essentially severance that recognizes the time that you spent with the previous employer. So maybe you've only been with your current employer for, for a year, but you've been with the previous company for 10 years and you were recruited away from that company, you may be owed severance as if you were an 11-year employee. Oh. So that could be the significant. It could be the difference between getting uh, two months' pay and getting a year's pay or more. So remember, recruiting or what we call inducing, if you're induced to leave a secure job, that could have a significant impact on your severance, uh, and, and it could mean uh, several times the severance you would otherwise get. How long is that window open for before it becomes, you know, okay, now you're just with this job? Usually about five years. Uh, wow, that's I, a long I, window. Yeah, it's a long window. Dep- also, depending how long you've been with the previous company. If you were only at the previous company for a couple of years, it may not make a big difference. Okay. If you were with them for 20 years, yeah, sure, that window will be open about five years before, uh, you know, that's no longer a relevant factor. How about gaps in service? Yeah, and another one. So you may only have joined uh, the company uh, recently, but you worked for them in the past. So you worked for them in the past, you went away, either resigned or let go, and and you hadn't worked there for a while, and then you come back. The law in some situation might recognize your full service. So for in situations where uh, the gap itself is not very long, so let's say you've been with the company for a total of uh, 15 years, but there was one year in there that you didn't work, well, one year versus 15 years is a relatively short period of time. So the law may disregard that, uh, uh, that one-year gap and may treat you as a 15-year employee. Mm. So and often what I see in many situations, someone that most recent tenure with the company has not been very long, but they have previous history with the company. So because of that, they actually may be owed a lot more severance than they realize because it's not just the latest service that counts. 416-870-6400-STAR-640-ON-CELL. Lior at employmenthour.com to get a hold of us. We're talking about the uh, chances or at least the situations where you could be owed much more service than you realize or much more severance. How about smaller employers? This yeah. one's a great one. Yeah, it's, it is a great one because there's a misconception out there that severance is only paid if you work for a large company, if a company that has a certain number of employees or a certain payroll. So let, let's just clarify that. That's wrong, John. That's not even close to being right. In fact, the size of the employer is irrelevant uh, when you uh, talk about severance. So you may think, oh, I work for a company, small company, five employees, maybe I don't get severance. Well, guess what? Whether you work for a company with five employees or 5,000 employees, you're going to be owed the same amount of severance. Mm. Severance is based on your age, position, and length of employment, not the size of the company. The size of the company may be relevant with respect to a person's minimum entitlements, but it's completely irrelevant with respect to a person's full severance entitlements. So there's a misconception. You may go on the the Ministry of Labor website and, and read about that. But it's completely wrong. You're entitled to full severance, irrespective of the size of the company. This one's kind of baffling. Let go because of performance issues. Yeah. And, you know, the reason for that is a lot of employers think that they can let someone go for cause uh, because of bad performance. So, you know, John, we weren't happy with your performance in Q3. So we're going to let you go for cause uh, and we don't have to pay you anything. And you may say, yeah, you know what? I did kind of have a bad year. So uh, or a bad quarter, so I guess they can let me go for cause. Well, usually in almost every case, that's not the way it is, simply because to let someone go for cause, i.e. without severance, is extremely difficult. 
when we come when it comes to performance, the employer has to show not only that there was bad performance, that it was over a lengthy period of time, that the employer tried to fix the problem, that the employer tried to help and provide training and warnings and suspensions, and really we came to a point where there's just nothing we can do. Then maybe the employer can let the employee go for cause for performance reasons. Most employers are going to pull the trigger way before they should. So if you have been let go for performance reasons for cause, chances are you're entitled to a heck of a lot more severance than what you've been offered, if you've been offered anything. And that would have been the first steps of our previous caller about the performance improvement plan. That's what the employee's trying to start to get that together, right? That employer may well be starting a process that at some point they hope will allow them to terminate him for cause, uh, and it starts with a performance improvement plan. We'll get to one more before we break here about the situations where you're probably owed more severance than you know, and that is the sale of a business. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and we had a caller, just our, our last caller was asking us about that. Uh, and then you may think that if the business is sold, uh, either if I accept a job, then my severance is going to disappear down the road, or if I don't accept the job, I don't get any severance. So let's clarify that. If you lose your job as a result of a sale, you get your full severance. doesn't matter what, what actually happened with the sale. If you take a position with the buyer, with the company buying the business, then your seniority carries through. So if down the road you're let go, so let's say a year after the sale you're let go, well, you have full severance and you get full credit for your past history. So you may think, oh, I'm only a one-year employee. I don't get a lot of severance. But if you, let's say you worked 10 years with the previous company, then you're not a one-year employee. Mm-hmm. You're an 11-year employee, and you're entitled to full severance. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell, or 416-216-5900. That is the number you use to call Lior anytime. Taking a short break here on the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. 746, this show goes till 8 o'clock. At that point, you can call 416-216-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll bounce over to the phone once again. Good evening, Edith in Newmarket. How are you? Hi, how are you? Excellent. You got a question for Lior? Yeah, um, my brother-in-law is an accountant and now um, two years ago, the employer's wife uh, cut his pay by $30,000. And they did it again last year, but also hired somebody for him to train. So should he be scared or worried? And also, um, is he entitled to something? Is that considered a firing? So excellent question, Edith. Uh, You know, very, very important question. I'm glad that you called. So let let me explain. An employer does not have a right to do what this employer did. The employer does not have a right to uh, cut pay in such a significant way. $30,000, wow, that's a lot of money. 60000 in two years. 60000 wow. in two years. So an employer does not have to do that. So when that happens, so when your, your, uh, uh, your brother-in-law first found out he's going to lose 30000 the first thirty, he could have he, he had a choice, essentially. He could have chosen to accept it, or he could have chosen to say, no, I'm going to treat this as a termination. We call that a uh. constructive dismissal. And at that point, leave and require the company to pay him his full severance. He did not do that. He chose, I guess, you know, I know obviously he wasn't happy, who would be, but he chose to continue working. But by doing that, he, he uh, did another thing. He gave them the right to do it again. He created a precedent. So now, because they did it one time, they, he gave them the right to do it again, which they did, which he allowed them to do again. So now, in reality, they can change his pay any way they want, as much as they want, because he gave them that power. He gave them that right. So tomorrow they can say, well, now we'll cut your pay by uh, 95%. I mean, I, I'm, maybe I'm you know, being overly dramatic, but ultimately they could do that, and there's not going to be much that can be done because that history is, is set. 
So for our listeners, it's very important to understand if your employer cuts your pay, you have to make a choice, but you have a, a small window to make that choice. You don't have to accept a reduction in pay like that, uh, and you can treat your employment as terminated and get severance. For, for, this, uh, for this gentleman, uh, uh, Edith's uh, brother-in-law, that, that, that window is closed, and he's lost a lot of compensation. And now, by the way, John, if his employer wants to let him go and pay him severance, the severance is calculated on the basis of his current compensation, oh. which is $60,000 a year less than what it was. So that's a big, big problem. So, so don't make that mistake. Don't fall into that trap. That's just a big bowl of wrong all the way around, yeah, right? It's that exactly is awful. what it is. It's a terrible situation. Let's talk, as I touched on uh, at the beginning of the show, temporary layoffs. And a caller mentioned being uh, temporary laid off. What is a temporary layoff, as I make the quotation sign? Yeah. <laughs> People saw on the radio, right? You made It works that way sometimes, if you're good. Of course, of course. So, uh, quote, unquote, a temporary layoff. <laughs> Uh, so a temporary layoff is a situation where the employer says, well, we're not going to let you go. We're simply going to uh, put you on a nice for a while. We're going to keep you uh, off work for a period of time with the hope that we call you back uh, into work at a certain time down the road later. Uh, maybe the business is a bit slower right now. We're going to bring you back later. So that's what the idea behind a temporary layoff is. Is it legal? Well, the, the answer is no, it's not. And what I mean by, by it's not legal is that a temporary layoff is a termination. So remember what did I say to the previous caller, Edith? I told her that an employer cannot reduce your pay by $30,000 because if they do, that's a constructive dismissal. Well, what is a temporary layoff? A temporary layoff is a situation where your pay is reduced by 100%, right. not just $30,000. Right, good call. Because you were working and making a certain amount of money. Now you're making nothing. So therefore, a temporary layoff is a termination. So you've been, if you've been laid off temporarily, you have the same choice that Edith's uh, brother-in-law had to uh, make. So you can accept the temporary layoff and, and do nothing and hope you get called back. Or you can say, no, I'm going to treat that temporary layoff as a termination and require you, company, to pay me my full severance right now. That's the choice you can make. The problem, John, with not doing anything, the mm -hmm. problem with continuing and staying on uh, and coming back to work is that you've now given the right to the employer to do it again and again. So the next time that you lay it off temporarily, you no longer have a choice. At that point, you have to go back to work, and if you don't, that's a resignation. So remember, a temporary layoff is actually not allowed. It's a termination. So this goes out to everybody who's working for, you know, a, a roofing company, all these seasonal workers. It applies to them as well because that, that's a given that you're not going to be throwing down, uh, you know, shingles in the middle of February. There's a, a number of positions, you mentioned roofers, where uh, there's an implied term, there's an implied understanding okay. that certain times of year you're not going to be working. So, you know, if you're a roofer or, or you work in installing swimming pools, whatever, you know, there's a season for that. So no one's going to expect to be installing pools and installing shingles uh, in the middle of February. So in those situations, because it's an implied term, uh, a temporary layoff may be permissible. However, in other jobs that are not by their very nature seasonal, and when there's a history of employment working throughout the year, a temporary layoff is a constructive dismissal. It's a termination. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll take a, one more quick break here and uh, wrap up with some emails, and we'll talk about the severance pay calculator as well. And if you've got a phone call, we might try to squeeze you in. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Employment Hour 
on Talk Radio AM 640. I've been teasing you with that uh, email address all night, so we got a few come through here. We'll get to uh, get to one by Stephen says, I signed a severance offer under duress. My employer told me that if I didn't sign, I won't get paid anything. Can I do something about it now? You know, uh, I would need to know a bit more information. If as a result of this threat that the employer made, Stephen signed it on the spot. So he was let go. He was told, you better sign or else. He signed. Then, yeah, he absolutely can get out of it because that is duress if you are made to sign it on the spot. On the other hand, if he's told, go home, think about it for a few days and sign it or else, then at that point, if he did sign, it's really on him because he had the opportunity to go and think about it and get legal advice if he wanted. So he, he's not going to be able to, to get out of it. So the rule generally is once you sign an employment uh, uh, termination letter or severance offer, you really can't go back in most situations. But if you're forced to sign on the spot, if there's a lot of pressure or threats made against you as to what bad things are going to happen if you don't sign, yeah, you may be able to, uh, to get around, but that's rare. So that's why the best advice I can give, and I always give it, is do not, under any circumstances, sign a severance offer without getting legal advice. Get to an email here, some quick math for you. Leo says the 16 weeks of severance, is that enough? After eight years of employment as a chef, my employer said that I am really only entitled to eight weeks of severance. Again, another one of those misconceptions that we see all the time. So 16 years of uh, service, uh, uh, sorry, weeks of severance, severance after eight, eight years. years. Nonsense. It's not even close. Now, I don't, I don't know how old uh, Leo is, but as a chef after eight years, he probably is looking at a nine, ten months pay. Depend- it oh. could be more than that. It could be as much as 12 uh, if he's older, maybe in his 50s or 60s. So 16 weeks is nothing. It's not even close. And he's not just owed eight. As I said, he's owed probably somewhere between eight to 12 months of severance. So, Leo, you have been wrongfully dismissed. You have to give me a call. I'll help you get your full entitlements. Last minute, give it to me, severance pay calculator. That's right. It's we talked about it. You know, we, we, we've had questions here already today about severance and calculating entitlements. Well, if you want to know how much you're owed, maybe uh, you, you've been let go and it's a, it's a Friday and what do you do? You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, it's a, it's a, a great tool. We launched it a couple of years ago, John, uh, and it tells you how much you're owed, how many weeks or months pay you're owed. You, it's, it's anonymous. It's quick. It's easy. It's free. You input your uh, age, your position, the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you how many weeks or months you're owed. Uh, it's accurate. And if you think the number is too high, it's only because you, you probably don't appreciate You've been misinformed. You don't you've been know. You've misinformed. You don't have all the facts. So uh, the, the severance calculator is accurate. Severancepaycalculator.com. I encourage everyone to go check it out. And, and tell your friends, if someone's lost their job, tell them to go check it out. They, they, they'll appreciate it. And until this tool was around, the only way you could do this was to phone a lawyer. Yeah, phone a lawyer. And some lawyers, I'll charge you, I'll charge you 1100 bucks with that information. Oh, Nonsense. Oh, settle down. Uh, severancepaycalculator.com. Until next time, 416-216-5900 is a number to get a hold of. Lior, if you're a little bashful tonight, give him a call, and he will answer your questions and carry on from there. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com is the email. Catch your show on the weekend. For now, on this Wednesday, this has been a wrap of the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640.